Is the American Republic dead? The United States has drifted so far afield from its design and conception, we've become a drunken juggernaut, yanked to and fro by foreign interest and entanglements, corporate kleptocrats, and the passion of the mobs. The American people no longer seem united in anything in particular, but merely delineated by geographical and political boundaries. The average American likely believes the United States is a democracy. How often have we seen angry mobs chanting, This is what democracy looks like, engaged in violent assault and destruction? Yes, that is what democracy looks like. Which is why the leaders who formed the United States designed a republic. This is not opinion or interpretation. A light reading of the Federalist Papers immediately reveals the intent and context of thought in which our country's government was chartered. The same mobs that proclaim we are democracy meet open discussion with a closed fist. And the very corporate agents that subvert our leaders through their greed, trying to control every single digital form, rational and unhampered discussion can occur. Our news agencies are quick to pat themselves on the back while leading the charge into ruination, time after time, lining their pockets by stoking fear and rage in the American people. On cable news, smiling and polished, beautiful ghouls recite the day's tragedies while cartoonish advertisements for antidepressants make for a peculiar Orwellian theater. A democracy or a republic which has forgotten its nature is manifestly more susceptible to manipulation. President George Washington spoke clearly of this in his farewell address, a few lines of which which follow. All obstructions to the execution of the laws combinations and associations under whatever plausible character, with the real design to direct, control, counteract, or all the regular deliberation and action of the constituted authorities, are destructive of this fundamental principle and of fatal tendency. They serve to organize faction, to give it an artificial and extraordinary force. To put in the place of the delegated will of the nation, the will of a party, often a small but artful and enterprising minority of the community, and according to the alternate triumphs of different parties, to make the public administration the mirror of the ill-concerted and incongruous projects of faction, rather than the organ of consistent and wholesome plans digested by common councils, and modified by mutual interest. However, combinations or associations of the above description may now and then answer popular ends. They are likely, in the course of time and things, to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and in-principled men will be able to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. George Washington
We are most certainly a divided nation, a morass of conflicting ambitions, unreconcilable differences, with each faction competing to seize the powerful engines of economic and military force to pursue their various self-interest, and always to the cost and degradation of the American people. After 20 years of military adventurism and an elevation of diversity over commonality, the American military can no longer meet its recruiting goals. An unfortunate state, as America's leaders appear committed to igniting world war on multiple fronts. For decades, America's youth have been taught to hate their own country. It seems remarkably incoherent to believe that those same youth would then be enthusiastically willing to risk life or limb in its service. College campuses and the intelligentsia have spent the past two decades identifying angry young white males as an existential threat to the country. Though these past few weeks have seen college campuses filled with those who espouse a desire for violence, waving banners and signs, proclaiming an unrepentant romance for freedom fighters, they say, who rampage through villages, shooting and murdering the elderly and the young alike. Now, the angry young white men were likely at home, not spending money they don't have, and numbing themselves with pornography, video games, and alcohol. The experts in media will no doubt pretend the past two decades did not happen, and will spend the next year shaming and exhorting those same young men to enlist for the defense of their betters. There seems to be a maddening confluence of events as each faction works to saw a bit faster at the same branch we're all precariously perched on. It is time for us to slow down and talk with each other about what our commonalities are again, to pause in bludgeoning each other with nihilistic academic theory and newspeak, and to have the challenging discussions to determine what serves us best as an American people, if indeed we still exist.